This morning I want to speak on, still along the lines of the law of proper speech, a concept of silencing the accuser, silencing the accuser. And when we talk about silencing the accuser, we are speaking to the heart of what Satan is doing right upon the earth. Uh, the Bible calls him the accuser of our brethren. And that is what he does. The scripture says day and night. In other words, it's a full-time job for him. And he does understand that in a measure it is effective and it is only effective because he is operating in darkness. When I say darkness, I mean in ignorance. That is, the people of God are ignorant of what it means and how he carries out his accusation. And once there is darkness, then he has a few day because based on the work of Jesus Christ, he actually has been defeated and destroyed. That's to be rendered inoperative. But once there is ignorance and people don't understand spiritual laws and spiritual things, then he can exploit the ignorance and can advance his cause in darkness. But once light is shed upon the particular activity, then he does understand that his works have come to an end. So when we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers, it's not that he's transferring a physical or a wrestling match by power and might with flesh and blood, and then we are engaged again in that power and might struggle with principalities and powers. But it's really a game of strategies. Uh, Paul said we are not ignorant of his devices lest he should have undue advantage over us. Once we are operating in light, we will always win. So I want to shed some light on this so that people do understand this. And from this, we will come to see why David was able to boldly say by the Spirit, if a man, if any person will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from speaking evil. In other words, once you refrain your tongue from speaking evil, you shut down the entire demonic enterprise against your soul. So one look at this. Warfare that we have involved against the accuser who is bringing accusations day and night before us. 24-7 work that he is doing. Revelations chapter 12 and verse 10, it tells us in Revelations 12 and verse 10, it says there, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come, which means the time has now come. Now is come. Salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. The reason is for the accuser of our brethren is cast down.
which accused them day and night or before our God day and night. So he's not doing it behind the scenes. He's doing it before God himself. And through the accusation, he's saying that God cannot get involved in the lives of people in a certain way based on accusations he is bringing before God Almighty, hindering prayers from being answered and getting manifestations. And this is in the post-resurrection era, which means it's after the sacrifice of Christ, for he says, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. So it is through the blood and the word of their testimony that they overcame what the enemy was doing. God allows this to happen so that we develop, so that we mature, so that we become full-grown adults and we are strengthened by this exercise. So Satan is bringing forth this accusation. Now, first of all, let's define what is an accusation. It is a charge or a claim all right, that is made over a person, another person, a charge or claim that that person must suffer, all right, a charge or a claim that is made for judgment over the life of a person, that that individual must suffer some punishment for what they have done illegally or what they basically have done wrong. So somebody brings a charge against that other person. So Satan is bringing charges against us day and night and asking and demanding that the penalty for any wrongdoing be enforced in the lives of these people. Whatever thing they have done wrong, either consciously or through ignorance, he comes and he is laying out the charge there, and he is doing that before God Almighty. Romans chapter 8 and verse 33 speaks about this warfare and starts telling us when he says we are more than conquerors through Christ that loved us. And it's talking about victory over the accusation of the enemy. For we overcome it, this thing he's doing, through the blood and the word of our testimony, our testimony about the blood of Jesus Christ, voicing it out. And because we love not our lives unto death, I'll explain what that means. So in Romans chapter 8 and verse 31, we start there, Romans 8, 31. It says, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now, this is what Satan is trying to hinder. This giving freely of all things. This issue of you coming up in prayer, and Satan says he can't receive this. All right, to hinder answers to their prayers. 
It says, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? In other words, that demands that that penalty and voices that out and condemns. It is Christ that died, that this will be the outcome of this. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. So there is intercession that is going on on one side. Christ is making intercession. Satan is bringing accusations. Jesus is making intercession so that you can freely receive all things. Satan is bringing forth an accusation. In other words, when a person does something wrong, Jesus makes intercession for that person. The Bible says, if you see your brother sin a sin, which be not unto death, you shall ask God life for him. That's intercessory prayer. So he's making intercession while what Satan is doing is that he is bringing forth accusations over the life of that particular person. And whether or not in some cases you are going to experience real victory, is that enough intercessory prayer is being offered up with you having an understanding, you having an understanding of a particular spiritual law I want to teach this morning, and that law is at work in your own personal life, then you are guaranteed from this Romans 8 that who can possibly be against you when God is for you. Now, an accusation is something that the enemy has used, all right, throughout the ages. Let's just look at Ezra. They were trying to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Just let's look at this in Ezra chapter 4. Just look at a couple of scriptures where accusation was used. And in verse 6, it says, In the reign of Ahasuerus, right, the beginning of his reign, there wrote them unto him an accusation against the inhabitants of Judah, and Jerusalem. Now, what does he mean by what we're talking about here? Now, they were going to rebuild Ezra, Nehemiah, and all the folks, rebuild the temple of God at Jerusalem, and to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem back. Now, this portion of scripture is so important. Ezra, Nehemiah, Haggai, and Zechariah. And I'll explain why. Why those books are so important and prophetic for this earth. Because what happened was the walls of Jerusalem were built, the temple was built back in the midst, all right, of Jerusalem. And it was a type of what will happen in the end times, in the rebuilding and the church being built up. And that had to happen for Jesus to have come in the first time. And the church has to be built up, right, so that we can have the second coming of Christ. Now, the very same strategies that the enemy used against Ezra, Nehemiah, and those books are the tools he's using against the church today. The very same things. So once you understand Nehemiah and Ezra perfectly, connected with Daniel, I'll show this, then you understand what the church is going to come up against in this last time. And that's why there's a lot of accusation that is going on and people are voicing things out there on social media. People, all right, and people joining. Oh, the church is this, and the church is that, and all kinds of attack. This, this is what Satan. This is how he operates. 
right? And everybody's trying to become woke and all of that. And I want to close down that wokeness in your life this, this month because it's going, to bring, it's going to bring a lot of trouble. I'll show you how things are done. It's not by being woke and start posting things carelessly and joining the voice of accusation against the church of Jesus Christ. All right? Where people just begin to uh, say things and say things. Let me just say this to you. We are in church today, not because we have not been treated wrong in church. Hear me very well. We are leading congregations. There's nobody who leads a congregation. They suffer the most in the hands of the body of Christ. The reason why God placed them in leadership, he knew he could trust them. That even when they are offended by his people, they will hold the grounds for the blood of Jesus. Are you following me there? They know they will hold the grounds for the blood of Jesus Christ. So no man should come out and say as though, you know, we are the only people that be offended. We are, we are, we are the marks of Jesus. It's nobody. God will, listen, Jesus said, you, it's taught this. You cannot arrive at leadership until you've been rejected. Forget the signs and wonders, anything you do. You must suffer rejection from the hands of men. People you like the most must betray you. Now, if you can survive betrayal, that's the way to the throne. If you can, which means somebody that you ate bread with will leave their heel against you. So no, people shouldn't talk as though, you know, uh, you know, leaders have a people are taking those things. But you understand the kingdom of God. You understand the mandate that is there. And I was saying this, I don't know, one of the things we're teaching online. When we, I mean, if you try this now today in church, people will leave your church. They won't even, they'll be gone. And we are coming to a place, I shouldn't say, but let me say it. We are coming to a place where we've got to use the scripture that says, not all Israel is Israel. Now, you attend the church doesn't mean you are the seed of Abraham. All right? We are, people are getting to that point where they have to reread the scriptures. And to understand what really is going on. And I said, we'll be in church, we'll sit down, it was a primary school, small, small chairs there. And, you know, we'll be doing this, and there, it was an assembly, so there'll be a massive hole in the meeting because it's like an assembly all over the side. And Pastor Louis Johnson will be preaching. Rain will start falling in the service, and it'll be falling into the auditorium because that's how it was designed. So you won't see the pastor after some time. And because, of course, church started, the equipment are not good, you won't hear him again. So you'll be moving like this with the rain, and moving like this with the rain, and moving like this with the rain, and moving like this. Until one time in service, people will leave. They'll say you're not organized. They will leave your church. That can rain be falling inside. Will, that's the last day you see them. You are here, ACF, but you sit there comfortably. All right? And you'll be doing this, and you'll be doing this. And one day he just stopped. He said, listen, let's practice what we preach. We went back into a praise session until the rain stopped. Then the sermon continued. We praised till rain stopped. Nobody left church. They said, let's go back to our scripture. And then we taught. We taught the Bible. Then we left church. Here, this generation, you'll be the one. They'll say, that church is leaking. Now can I go to that kind of picture? <laughs> yeah. All right. So there's an accusation that was raised up. Now, quickly, go to Ezra chapter, um, um, same chapter, verse 24. So they raised up an accusation. All right, to stop it. And let's see the effect of it. Verse 24, then ceased the work of the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. So it ceased until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Now what happened? Why did it cease until that second year? So they stopped it with accusation. All right? 
And this is what Satan wants to do with accusation. Stop what God is doing and cause it to cease. That's the work that he's doing to stop it right on the earth. Now, it continued until the second year of Darius. Something happened. In Daniel chapter 9 and verse 1. Daniel chapter 9 and verse 1. We'll see this. Daniel 9 and verse 1. In the first year. Now, it stopped until the second year. Now, in the first year of the reign of Darius, son of Azarus, the seed of Medes, which was made king over the realms of Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books. So, in the first year, Daniel began to read the scriptures and he understood. And wherefore, the word of the Lord came. And he said that he will accomplish 70 years in desolation of Jerusalem. And then I set my face unto the Lord with seek by prayer and fasting. He says with supplication and sackcloth. So intercession began to happen. Somebody took up the accusation and he began to make intercession. The results of the intercession of Daniel was that the ministries of Haggai and Zechariah were raised up by God. And they went back and started prophesying to the people and something happened. So the design of God for his church, he knows, he can see it. If things are wrong with his church, he says, get on your knees, begin to make intercession. I will raise new ministries to speak to those things and correct it. That's how he does. When he was going to bring up Moses, what happened? He went, the children of Israel cried. The reason why Moses' ministry came out. Moses wasn't going to come out until people prayed. When they now prayed and cried, God said, I've heard the groanings of my people. So it's intercession that gives birth, all right, to ministries there. But people don't want to do the work. So it's an accusation that he uses, and God uses intercession to deal with that. And Nehemiah didn't joke. Go and read, go and read Nehemiah. He didn't play around. Anytime the enemy came with any strategy, he went immediately to God in prayer. He didn't joke. The reason why it stopped in Ezra, obviously, they had not gotten to the time of fulfillment, but also their method was to uh, deploy the power of the king, all right, to try to, and, and people say, that, but I don't really want to talk about that, but people say things today about, uh, you know, Cyrus is being raised, you know, as political to help the church. Uh, Cyrus didn't get them to where it is the intercession that got them there. When Cyrus did what he did, they were stopped, and the whole thing ceased until intercession was made. So the church cannot de depend on any political leader for the advancement of kingdom. Kingdom is advanced on your knees. Who is in power does not count. It's whether you are praying or not. Jesus did not have any discussion with any political leader to fulfill the mandate of the kingdom. He never visited any, any error. He didn't. So... Another accusation, a place quickly, we find accusation again is Matthew chapter 27. And Satan does this. You place accusations over people, place accusations over companies, place accusations over churches. And the Bible says in verse 37, this is how they killed Jesus. They set up over his head an accusation written. Which means when they wanted to kill Jesus, the first thing they did was to say it. Because everything Satan does to kill, to steal, and destroy, he must force use accusation to gain an entrance in. So when they wanted to kill Jesus, they placed an accusation over his head, uh, saying that he said he's the king of the Jews. And with that accusation, they came in and were able to, to, to the, now Jesus allowed it. Not that they, they, Satan had been trying it for long, but he had been resisting that in prayer and, and dislodging that. And let me just say this, for people that may not know, 
about spiritual things, the truth about the matter is no matter what anybody tweets about spiritual leaders in the body of Christ, it won't touch them one bit. Because what they are going to use, they do understand it. All right, leaders in particular in this part of the world are advanced in spiritual methods. They will unleash weapons of warfare and destroy it. All right, because the purpose of accusation is not redemptive. It is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Are you following me? So people are not going to, that is not going to, what is going to bring about any real changes? There is intercession and then voices are raised up. So they place this accusation over him, the king of the Jews. Right? In order to gain entrance in and destroy him. And so anytime an accusation starts, and when we say accusation, it's not that they are, they are saying you did something. It's just, we'll see this, voices begin. People begin, the chatter starts. Can't be in an office and suddenly there's a chatter over you. People are beginning to say things. That means accusation is coming forth. The, what the enemy is trying to do is to gain entrance to either take that job away from you, to destroy all right, what God, to cause what God is doing through you in your career to cease, to affect where you might be in future. Which means that he has seen that God has some prominent position for you, wants to damage, which means there are things and you have to answer accusations. That's in the realm of the Spirit. Now, to understand what really is going on, and that's why we start teaching it in a deep form, we must understand that in a judicial system, you can either have justice meted out to you by a system where you have a jury or where it is a judge that does it. In other words, like in America, and all this came from scripture, you go and you can, your lawyer goes to plead your case before a jury. And then the jury sits and then they determine what will be the penalty. In other words, a jury is defined as a group of people who give verdict on a case, which is given unto them by a court, including meeting out judgment and penalty. So it's a group of people that meet out the penalty and the judgment. But then it could be a judge. For example, in Britain, all right, and many cases in Nigeria, we adopt that, a judge, who on the other hand is an individual who is tasked to preside over the court proceeding and he gives his judgment. Now, also in the spirit realm, I want to say this. Any matter you are facing could be decided by the judge who is God or by a jury who are men. Now, understand this. And this is what will shape what the outcome will be. That's why two people can go through things and one person came out and the other person, it affected. Which means it can either be the judge or it can be the jury that decides what happens in that case. You say, Pastor, what, show us this one in the Bible. Now I'll show you. All right? Second Samuel chapter 24, verse 14. You understand? David knew stuff who? David. David said unto God, the prophet, I am in a great strait. Let us now fall into the hand of the Lord 
For he says, for, he, for his mercies are great. Let me not fall into the hands of who? Man. So in any situation you can, there's a choice here. Yeah? You don't fall into the hands of the Lord who is merciful and you can obtain mercy or you fall into the hands of men <laughs> and uh, as they decree. All right? So will it be. And that can be cruelty. Say, Pastor, what are you saying? Show us in the New Testament. Right? David said, God is merciful. I would rather go under the hand of God. Now, God does judge, but he will temper. He will use mercy. All right? If you fall into the hands of God, he will judge you and chastise you, but it's for correction and repentance. If you fall into the hands of men, it is for destruction. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818 600 0082. God bless you.